dementia researcher with a blog and a rating. In last month's blog, I spoke about a shift in the way we think about our economies, geared towards social value. This holistic concept of value reflects the complexity of the modern world and the challenges that face society today and tomorrow. I'm using a social value framework called Social Return on Investment to capture and measure the impact of the Worcestershire Meeting Centre's project, which, to recap, is the scaling up of a community-based intervention across a county in England. In this blog, I briefly discussed the framework's strengths and limitations before running through the six stages of Social Return on Investment. I must say this is an extremely quick whistle-stop tour, and much of the nitty-gritty has been left out. As a result, I highly advise supplementing the literature at the end of the blog. Social return on investment is a mixed methods framework for measuring and accounting the social value developed by Social Value International. It is said to be one of the most widespread uh, social impact tools and is recommended in government policy. It tells a story of how change is being created by measuring outcomes and uses monetary values to represent outcomes. From this, the social return on investment ratio can be calculated, which will sound something like, for every pound invested, two pound of social value is created. Underpinning social return on investment are seven principles delivered in six stages. The stages are explained below and principles are presented where appropriate in bold italic. Stage 1. Establishing scope and identifying stakeholders. Stage one is where you draw a boundary around what is being considered in the research and identify stakeholders who may experience change. Stakeholders are defined as people or organisations that experience change or affect the activity, whether positive or negative, because of the activity being analysed. When determining scope, it is important to consider what is the purpose of the analysis? Who is it for? What is the background? What resources do you have available? Who will undertake the social return investment analysis? And what activities will you focus on? Also, what period of delivery will your analysis cover? To identify stakeholders, you can simply list all the people or organisations who may experience change, thinking about the intended and unintended changes they will experience. The more detailed the notes, the easier it is to be transparent about the decisions to include or exclude people or organisations in the analysis. The scope should influence the stakeholders, but a key principle of social return on investment is stakeholder involvement, so things like a planning group to decide scope and stakeholders is advantageous. Stage 2. Mapping outcomes. Here we will begin to fill out the impact map to develop the intervention's theory of change which when complete can tell us how the intervention makes a difference in the world. Engaging with stakeholders enables information to be collected that describes how the activities use certain resources, the inputs, to deliver activities, the outputs, which result in outcomes for stakeholders. Engaged participation, which will influence research priorities, allows us to appraise the materiality of outcomes so that we value the things that matter and only include what is material in the analysis. Stage 3. Evidence and outcomes and giving them a value. At this point, outcome indicators are chosen to evidence that outcomes are actually happening. A mix of subjective and objective indicators will improve the trustworthiness of findings.
Financial proxies can now be applied to outcomes as a way of presenting the relative importance of change to stakeholders. For example, in a pilot interview, a stakeholder of the Worcestershire project felt they had developed knowledge and skills to scale up community interventions that they previously did not have. A financial proxy for this outcome could be the cost of a training course that aims to develop leaders in scaling up. If there is not a proxy value available, you can use stated preference and contingent valuation techniques. Stage 4. Establishing impact. Only when the drop-off, dead weight and attribution rates for each outcome have been considered can we establish impact and reduce the risk of overclaiming. Dead weight is a percentage measure of the amount of the outcome that would have happened anyway, even if the activity had not taken place. For example, if the activities increased dementia diagnosis rates in a neighbourhood by 7%, but there had been a 5% increase in the county during the same period anyway. Attribution is an assessment, presented again as a percentage, of how much outcomes were caused by the contribution of activities other than the intervention under analysis. For example, people attending the meeting centre may also attend a dementia cafe fortnightly. Drop-off. Drop-off assesses how long outcomes last and is only calculated for outcomes that last more than one year. Unless you have historical data, it can be challenging to apply a drop-off rate. Reviewing wider evidence such as academic sources, or by talking to stakeholders and people who have been involved in the process or a similar process, can be helpful. Stage 5. Calculating the social return on investment. To summarise the financial information into the SRO ratio, we must first calculate the financial value of the investment of the project and the financial value of the costs and benefits. This provides two numbers that can be calculated to provide the net present value. For these figures to be comparable, a process called discounting is used, where you discount a percentage from the total benefits each year. To get the social return on investment ratio, you divide the discounted value of benefits by the total investment. A worked example used in social return investment guidance is provided below. Once you have a ratio, you must test the assumptions made in previous stages in a process called sensitivity analysis. This process identifies what factors have a significant impact on the overall ratio. There is a standard expectation to test estimates of dead weight, attribution and drop-off, financial proxies, quantities of the outcome and value of non-monetized inputs, such as volunteer time. You should, you should uh, vary these until you get to a point where the SRO ratio presents as 1 over 1, one pound value for every pound invested. Stage 6. Reporting, using and embedding. Finally, and arguably the most important stage is about reporting to the stakeholders, communicating and using the results, and embedding the social return on investment process in your organisation for future evaluation. There may be a variety of different stakeholder groups and communication methods need to reflect this. A social return on investment report produced should cover all key aspects of the analysis including the financial accounting and the qualitative data that narrates the project's theory of change. The report should also make a set of recommendations for the organisation to develop based on social value. 
Lastly, you may wish to verify the results by sending the report, including the data collected throughout the analysis, to be verified by an expert in the social return and investment process, stages and principles. Ta. Thank you for listening. Join the Dementia Research bloggers and share your own views.